Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And today I'm excited to chat with Rob Stewart. Um, who is a good friend, also a healer. He does hypnotherapy. Uh, he's a hypnotist, past life regression. He's an astrology enthusiast. You do quite a few things. Um, so I want to. I like to ask people to start with um, tell us about your self healing journey leading up to you becoming a healer. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, it's been it's a long story. I uh, which I won't I won't give you the long story version of it. Um, I, it's been a long time coming. I, the The physical healing is more recent. That's been since 2016 or so. Um, I had Lyme disease uh, and mold illness, and uh, I was diagnosed in 2016 with those. Um, but it took, it took a while to figure out what was going on. Um, it's a pretty standard uh, path that I've had uh, with the Lyme disease. Um, but it, you know, it, it took a lot of um, seeing different people going with in- intuition and seeing who to, who to see. Uh, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a big journey and I, I consider it uh, I consider Lyme disease to be a, a spiritual teachings for dummies. And I, I don't know if other Lymeys are dummies, but I know that I am in that uh, I've, I just, uh, when we're, when I'm out of alignment, when I'm in anxiety or fear, uh, the body hurts, I get instant feedback. And so this whole experience has been, uh, it's been really humbling, but it's also been a tremendous teacher because um, I get instant feedback <laughs> in a big way. And, uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I've grown a lot through that. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been a tricky journey. It's a pretty standard Lyme mold, uh, journey. Yeah. Okay. You define, when we were talking about talking with you, um, you define self-healing as self-understanding and self-love. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So the word love and understanding and healing to me are the same. Um, and we, we talk so much about self love and about all, you know, what is self love? You know, we can, uh, uh, it's sort of hard to put your, put your finger on, you know, when you feel it. Um, but, uh, for me, self understanding is a way to get to self love. Um, there's, and it's a type of understanding that leads to forgiveness of oneself and others. It's a type of understanding that, 
emotions are understood, the feelings that we have, the anger, the frustration, the fear, and having it be okay. Um, so um, that's the type of understanding that I, that I find leads to healing. And it certainly has in my life and um, not only in the physical world, which it definitely, you know, there's no, no mystery that it's connected emotional and physical, but, um, but also in my, you know, the daily life. Um, so the more, the more that I can really understand uh, these emotions that I have, you know, I, I think in this world, there's, it's so easy for us to strip ourselves from those emotions. You know, we we're taught to, to feel a certain way about them, um, to think there's something that they're not. And uh, so to really get intimate with those emotions and those feelings uh, for me has been a really big healing journey. How do you understand those emotions? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Byron Katie, uh, the work of Byron Katie. And so her, what she teaches is taking a thought, uh, a sentence, and dissecting it, looking at, you know, is it true? Is it true? Um, uh, the big one, a big one for me is uh, there was a belief that I had to be agreed with to be loved. And that, that's something, you know, different families, different cultures, and different environments, we take, we take these beliefs. And that was a big one for me. Uh, that for some reason, if I, if I felt disagreed with that, it was, I wasn't being loved. Uh, and so it took some time. It takes, it's, it takes a lot of inquiry and, and sitting in that space to, to explore those emotions. Um, and which I have a long way to go. <laughs> can be uncomfortable, right? We don't always want, which can be uncomfortable. Yeah. We don't yeah. always want to go there. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that when you're describing your journey on your website, you said um, your healing journey was also about understanding the experiences and metaphors behind emotional and physical discomfort. Yeah. So emotions and physical discomfort sort of coming into our lives as metaphors. Um, can you give us an example of how that appeared for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, a, a big one, you know, just being totally honest, you know, just being uh, <laughs> as humble as I can. And it's just the truth in, in that different uh, pain in my body. If I were to visualize hugging that pain, just being with it, not in a way of restricting it, not a, you know, not that type of a hug, but just a warm hug um, and being there for that pain as if it's a child, you know, looking for, connection um, that that type of metaphor that type of working with that feeling or that hurt or that physical hurt because it's not always a feeling it's like a, a symptom basically um, to be there with it without judgment without saying it's wrong or it's it's good it's bad it's it's right it's wrong but to be there with it and to be okay with it and I'm you know in truth I'm not able to do that all the time. I wish I wish it were. Um, but it is a big, it's a big part of it. And so that's what I mean with the metaphors. Um, and the work that I do with hypnosis, I, I mean, it, just to be clear, I'm a hypnotist and the hypnotherapist carries uh, weight with it that I don't, I'm not licensed, I'm not a therapist and all that. And 
um, but I'm a hypnotist and, um, and I find that there's certain metaphors that can be explored. Uh, one is, uh, sometimes I'll go sort of deep into a, uh, into a well, I guess you'd say, just visualizing going down, you know, it's, we, we, tend to want to go up, you know, we want to go into the higher octaves of, of energy, at least, you know, I, I know I do. Uh, but I've found that going down into the discomfort, this sort of, for me, there's a real vibration because of the Bartonella and the Babesia type of uh, disease. But to go down into those uncomfortable areas and be okay with it, which doesn't, which isn't all the time, <laughs> Uh, it can re- it really loosens things up. It really, it finds peace. It finds balance. It finds um, expression and outside of judgment. And so uh, that's just another metaphor that, that works uh, for me anyways, and, and others that I do sessions with. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. in, how did all of this, lead to you becoming a hypnotist and uh, you also do past life regression therapy and astrology a little bit so how did that happen <laughs> yeah good question i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um i mean the truth is I, so i was certified as a hypnotist before i was even sick with lime and mold and all that stuff and and by the way for the, the listeners the uh, very few people know about the mold side of things. There's some of us, uh, about 20% of people have genetic disposition that we can't, we don't know how to detox mold from the body. And we, it's, it's like our body doesn't recognize what's us and what's not. And, um, and the symptoms of the mold is, are very similar to Lyme itself. Um, so sometimes it can be confusing and if anyone's interested, uh, they can contact me, of course. But uh, the Dr. Shoemaker protocol is a really good one for mold. So I just want to get that out there before I, before I forget. Um, um, but, okay, so why, why did I get into hypnotism? My life changed in a big way about 11 years ago. Um, uh, truth is, my dog died, and I, it was a big emotional thing. And... Um, it, something shifted in me. I just became more interested in the unseen. Um, I started looking into things that just uh, more spiritual in nature. And I just, I, it, it turned my world upside down. And so I realized I didn't, I didn't know what I thought I knew. And uh, I, I'm finding that now too, you know, that's sort of the guideline and hypnosis is something that is so fascinating because it's just, it's mysterious. Like, I I don't know what hypnosis is. You know, it's a very deep state of, of meditation in in one context. And, um, it's, um, it's a very relaxed state. It's, I call it the natural state, um, that deep meditative state where there's not the conscious chatter that we, to be in truth, like, People are, are generally afraid of hypnosis, but we often don't realize that most of the day we're in some sort of trance, listening to our own talking minds or, or the news or whatever it is. So we're, we're constantly in these sort of different trances. Um, um, 
mental trances. And uh, so the work I do is to help people get into a very deep state of meditation uh, where there's less chatter and where there's sort of connection, I guess you could call spiritual connection. Other people see it in terms of the subconscious mind. Uh, but it's a place where um, this, yeah, there's more clarity. Um, because I feel like our, the truth of what we are is awareness. It's just a simply sort of awareness. And, but our experience gets so condensed by these beliefs that we have and the shoulds and shouldn'ts and yeses and nos. And so, yeah, I sort of got off track there with your question. That's okay. But, <laughs> That's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what got me into it? I mean, it's just fascinating. There's weird things that happen in hypnosis. I mean, one of my teachers uh, who does stage hyp hypnosis, um, he brings students on the stage, and one student got up on stage and was in a very deep state and got up to the piano and started playing piano, um, some old piano music. And apparently his, his friends were flabbergasted because he wasn't a musician, you know? So, um, weird things, weird things happen. Um, and I find it, I find it fascinating. So, yeah. so, uh, is past life regression like a branch of hypnosis, would you say, or, or are they completely different? How do they relate? How do they not relate? Yeah, yeah. So the sort of the classic hypnosis is, uh, you know, quitting smoking, those types of things where the, the hypnotist would uh, induce a hypnotic state, a very deep state of meditation and throw suggestions out, you know, and hoping they land and, and so that the subconscious mind picks up a new way to, to, to be without smoking, so to speak. Um, and that, and that, works but um the way that i've been trained and that i'm interested in is uh really going into those deep places and seeing what emerges what what in a safe and gentle way um and uh speaking with the the client as they're in a very deep state of meditation and looking at what comes up and um you know, until the subconscious mind sees through a belief that it has. Um, in other words, uh, um, you know, the, the subconscious mind works in associations. It doesn't, it's not very logical. For instance, uh, someone that, say a little child um, saw a spider while something scary happened, like mom and dad were arguing or whatever it was. The, the child may associate the spider with that difficulty. And so it's not a logical association, but there is that association. And that's the way the subconscious mind works. There's these associations. And um, uh, so I, the way I've been taught is to look at these beliefs and these associations and question them and see like, you know, is there a better way to look at this? Um, but to get to your question about uh, the past life, regression, um, that it is different. I mean, it's similar in that there's a very deep hypnotic state. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a place where, you know, the, the most common question I ask is what's happening now. 
and what's happening now. And, and it's a conversation and there's, it's basically a, um, um, uh, an exploration with someone there to hear and to listen to and feedback. And um, it's like a gentle journey in that, in that way. So uh, what, I mean, they're both fascinating to me, um, but what, what sorts of transformations would people hope to achieve with either of those modalities? Yeah. Um, yeah, boy. Um, I, so I, I, a lot of things, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to limit it or, I, and I certainly don't want to sell it for something that it, it, you know, that, um, that it's not, you know, but the truth is that when you see something from a different perspective, things can shift. And, you know, I work with people that believe in past lives and people that don't, and it doesn't really matter because the truth is that it, there is metaphor, there is symbolism, and there is uh, uh, tremendous epiphanies that can happen. In other words, of seeing a, a situation that's occurring in life now in a different context, in a, in a past life, it can, one can see it in a new way and uh, see patterns that may emerge. And um, so I don't know why, but it, it tends to, to help with current life um, things. It yeah. sounds to me, the other piece of this is I think um, with both of them, there's a need for tremendous trust for the practitioner and for the environment, right? Because it's a very vulnerable place mm -hmm. to go deep into that well, as you describe it. Um, which also is fascinating to me because when you were talking about the mold and the Lyme disease, you were also talking about going into the well and mm -hmm. feeling these things. And yeah. now you're guiding people through doing that within mm -hmm. their own psyche and reality. Uh, so what would you say to someone who is hesitant to try this, um, to any of these with you? Yeah, it's a gentle, it's a gentle thing. You know, it's not about ripping the curtains down and, you know, you know <laughs> like it's, it's, it's very, it's a very gentle thing. And it's, it's, um, um, you know, hypnosis is not a truth serum. It's not, you know, it's anything you wouldn't share in normal consciousness. You wouldn't share in a, a, a deep hypnotic consciousness. Um, it's, it's a very gentle thing. And, you know, the truth is, there's a lot of misperceptions about what hypnosis is um, because it's been on movies and, and the rest. And we, you know, you see people on stage doing silly things. And um, so one of my, one of my uh, teachers uh, who's a stage hypnotist, he, you know, often you bring people up and have them, you know, have them dance or whatever. And some just wouldn't dance because it wasn't, it wasn't right. It, they didn't go, you know, it just didn't pass the inner filter. And so that's, um, that's really important to know, you know, that there are, there, it's, uh, the subconscious takes care of us all the time. You know, everything, you know, our, our body is the subconscious, basically the, the way I see it, the way I've been taught. And, um, it's, it's there to, to help and protect and, um, 
Um, but it, you know, if someone's hesitant about it, it's, you know, it's, there's no, um, it, it's a very gentle process. Uh, but if, you know, it's, if it's not for them, it's not for them. It's okay. You know, um, but it is a gentle. Yeah. I tell people for the people that I work with that ultimately they are in charge, their soul, their system, their subconscious, however they want to think about themselves. Like I cannot go in and uncover or bring to light something that they're not ready to see here and address. And they may not feel that they are ready for it consciously, but some part of them is, Mm -hmm. which is why it's coming up. Um, Which brings me to you and I did quite a bit of work together. So you've taken, um, um, we did biofield tuning or what I called sound balancing. um, And you had been very consistent about um, coming in and addressing a few things that I, that you needed to work on. Um, So, okay, two things. One thing I'm wondering is how, has it been for you, whether it's biofield tuning, sound balancing, or something else, to be on the receiving end and to be vulnerable mm-hmm. on the receiving end or to try to stay open? And then the second piece of this, um, I am curious as a big practitioner, what has, um, what has happened for you through our work together? Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember the first <laughs> the first session. It was uh, it was about a year ago, about a year and uh, uh, some some time ago. And I, I've been going through Lyme, but I say Lyme, but it was Bartonella, uh, Babesia, and mold. And um, yeah, I came to you in a in a rough sort of in a flare up in a real rough place. And um, uh, it was it was just a powerful session. I mean, I I don't know how to, and I'm not you know I'm not you know, I'm being honest, this is an honest thing. And uh, it's tremendously powerful. Um, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to, hard to explain, but it's, uh, um, there was, for whatever reason, my system is very sensitive now, whether it's due to the Lyme things or the mold or whatever, um, and this, it, it, it was, it was more, um, it was more powerful than many of the herbs, many of the medicines that I took. And, uh, so there's something about it. It's like, you know how to find that, that place. (laughs) 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 And, uh, it's just like, Whoa, you know, it's powerful. And, uh, and I'm really grateful. You know, it's, it was a really big, really big part of my, I feel like from my perspective, it's been, whenever we work, it's a very physical experience for you. Like as soon as I hit the, the, I go into the field with the fork, you're like, okay, this, I feel it here, which makes it easier for me to, you know, get that feedback and work with you. Um, but yeah. How about the vulnerability part? Yeah. I mean, I'm a vulnerable guy. (laughs) 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 Um, I mean, you know, yeah, because I've been in, you know, it's only, I guess it's only been three years in the healing with the Lyme and the mold, which is pretty short compared to, you know, many of my friends have been in it for a long time. Um, but working with different practitioners, it's, it's been, it's just been really interesting because, you know, you, you work with one and then, you know, you try something else. And it's just this fascinating 
synergy that arises and you can find you, you sort of intuition knows where to go when and and it, it's it's really powerful and um i've met so many wonderful healers like yourself and and many others and it's, yeah um, but it does it does take that vulnerability because if there's that resistance then it um it's not as effective it's like yeah again because you're in charge right but but one thing i can tell about you having worked with you is that you came in you're like just whatever whatever open which made it even more effective for you which i'm really glad about okay so here's a question that i've been waiting to ask because you're um i have a, a lot of female guests mm. on this podcast and you're one of the male healers that i know who takes this very seriously and you're in this how does it feel to um to be in an um i'm, I'm just going to call it an industry or area of practice if you will that is um predominantly female yeah yeah i mean it, yeah there's there's no doubt about that um um, um yeah i mean I, there's and it's no mystery. I mean, women are in general more in touch with feelings and emotions and more intuitive. And, um, and that's where healing is. That's where it's all resides. So there's no, yeah, there's no mystery about that. Um, for me, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know it any different, you know, I don't know what it would be like if it was all, all men or whatever. Um, but it, um, it's, yeah, I don't know. And I'm sort of a, an earlier practitioner, you know, I'm early in the, you know, I've been doing this for about three years and it's still kind of an early phase. So I'm, I feel like a newbie, you know, I feel like more of a newbie than I do uh, a man in, in this field because, you know, there's so many experienced people that have been doing this uh, for a long time. And, um, um, but I, you know, some of the healers that I see, uh, uh, are men and it's I think that's really important because um, you know I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman you know not in this life anyways and uh, um, so you know there's certain things that that I think it is helpful to have you know, to work with someone of the same gender you know so um, so I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping that there's there's yeah plenty of plenty of ways that I can support others in their, in their journey as well. Yeah. So if you ask yourself, you mentioned the journey beginning like 11 years ago, 12 years ago, would you have guessed that you're going to be sort of an energy based yeah. healer? No, <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> you're, in, you're yeah. a scientist too. You're, yeah. and the other background you have is science. Former, former scientist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm always a scientist. I guess you're always a scientist, but it's just funny because different, different niches have their own blinders. You know I mean? The science world, the academic science world, in my opinion, has some, some blinders there. And, and, um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I worked in the science field for about 15 years and then, um, the universe sort of said, okay, now's, 
Now you're not there. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here. Okay, so one of the things you're mentioning in, on your website as a service is called support for men. So you have the, the hypnosis, the past life regression, and then another one is called support for men. And I want to read that because I think it's beautiful. You say, um, real men look at their wounds. Modern culture conditions men to disconnect from emotions and be tough. What if true strength came from looking at our own vulnerabilities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish I were um, uh, man enough to look at all my vulnerabilities all the time, you know, in that. Man um, or woman enough, right? Thank you. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, and um, but yeah, I mean, those are, those are big words, you know, uh, to really look at the wounds, you know. Um, it's the thing is it doesn't take, you know, that it's looking at wounds. is not a, the masculine energy. That's not what it's about. It's, it's a more gentle supportive energy that is needed when looking at wounds. And, um, um, and I think masculine energy is also gentle and supportive, just not in this sort of spun out culture that we, we are in. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, I mean, I was always a sensitive kid. I'm a sensitive man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as I don't know what it's like to be a woman, at least in, not in this life, um, you know, to be an emotional uh, man or boy is, is not, it's not always cool. And um, so I, I, there's a real culture there that, that strips um, some of the connection with emotions for men. And I know, well, I'm assuming also for women, but at least it's more acceptable. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to compare today with when I was a kid. I, I don't know how to do that. I couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, real men look at their wounds. Those are big worth, words. <laughs> I know. Is it worth it for men to look at their wounds then and get vulnerable? Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's that's sort of the only way. It's like they're gonna they're gonna be there regardless. So um, um, you know, you, you might as well work with them rather than you know. <laughs> it's just, I feel like it's the only way really, because it all comes, comes around it all. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a really important thing to talk about and especially men, you know, it's, uh, and that's what we're talking about. It's just men to sit to, together and talk about men things <laughs> and wound. You know, because it's it's that's not a typical thing for guys to talk about our our emotional wounds. It's really not a normal conversation. And okay. I, um, one of the things you, you you and I were talking about was you said something about our tendency to rely on others to validate our experience um, and how yeah. that plays in our healing journey. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, let me try to explain that. <laughs> um, I, you know, wh- the way I would explain it is, 
and specifically in the lime world. And again, I use the word lime when I'm talking about Bartonella, Babesia, mold, all these sort of new diseases that aren't fully understood. And, you know, when you go see a, a, um, a, a medical doctor and they're all fantastic, you know, there's, but there are some blind spots in the medical community now, and, that, and that's, that's okay. There always will be. It's, it's a continuing science. But sometimes if you go in, in there and they label uh, symptoms a certain way within a box, but what, what it truly might be is something that's out of the box that they're not aware of. Um, it, it, it's not addressing um, uh, the truth of what of what's going on necessarily, and I th- I'm painting with a really big brush here, and I'm, I have a lot of uh, total respect for doctors and and everything, and the Lyme the Lyme experience makes one um, it's a difficult journey with sort of the medical profession. Um, anyone who has Lyme, many that have Lyme know this, but um, it's okay and. Um, so what I mean is that, you know, this, this world, in my experience, this world is just a world of mirrors, you know, and, and oftentimes we rely on other people, their responses to us to tell us what we are like, Oh, I'm a good person or I'm being a jerk or whatever. And we're relying on this feedback. And the truth is they're not always mirrors. Sometimes they're warped little mirrors. Like you see at the amusement park, you know, that, that are, that because we all have, we all project our stuff. We all reflect other people's stuff. And it's hard to terse out what, what exactly is a reflection? What is a projection? What is what? What's going on? This is like a... Who am I in that? the middle? <laughs> what's that? Who am I in the middle of... Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. And so sometimes, you know, if someone's worldview is this and, you, and you're out here, you know, you're outside of there they're going to see you within, they're going to put you somewhere where they can understand you. And, and if that's taking as like, Oh, so I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but there's something about relying on one's own experience and with the feedback, you know, cause it's important to see the reflections and others as well. Um, but it's a it's a difficult game because sometimes you don't know if it's hard to know sometimes and and uh, so yeah it's a it's a really I don't know if I even touched an answer to your question. Oh, like, it, that makes yeah. a lot of sense in yeah. the in the way that um, first of all, not just relying on those outside reflections to define ourselves, but making sure that we are connected within to see the vastness of our being. And then um, I like the part where, you know, if someone throws a diagnosis at you, that's, that's not all that you are. Yeah. And yeah. even within a finite diagnosis, there are so many layers of your being that you can experience and so many layers of the healing journey. So um, what I'm hearing you say is that don't, feel defined what, uh, with what feels um, constricting or perhaps skewed in the reflections yeah. that you receive, but be willing to see beyond that. Totally. I mean, I, I, th- I think each one of us has, we, 
we live in a different world, each one of us. It's a totally different world because it's different. It's just totally different interpretations of what we see. And, and so um, one might act a certain way and someone would la might label that, oh, that's this, like, da, 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 da. You know, that's, oh, that's, that's this. And in reality, it's, well, it may, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe they're not seeing the depth of, maybe they're not understanding what's going on um, with that person at that time. So that's, yeah, it's, it's we, we rely so much on having our experience be understood by someone else. And sometimes that doesn't always work because if they haven't experienced it, they, we don't know what we haven't experienced, you know? And um, we can relate to different experiences, but sometimes some experiences aren't had by others and it can feel very isolating um, because it's not, doesn't feel understood. Um, so what would you recommend to someone mm -hmm. who is on a self-healing journey and who feels um, that they haven't been quite understood yet? or they haven't began to understand, because in the beginning you also touched upon how self-healing relates to self-understanding. So what would you say to someone who is on that journey, but they feel like they haven't quite gotten there yet? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would ask, and this is something that I, I would suggest this, this is an inquiry that I do at times. I, I ask myself a question and I don't, provide an answer. I just ask the question and feel. And I would, I would suggest to them to say, to ask themselves, um, is it true that they need to understand me for me to, for me to be understood? And um, for me, when I ask that, uh, is it true that they need to understand me for me to be understood? for my experience to be understandable um there's a clear no <laughs> i don't i don't need them to understand what i'm going through for this to be an understandable experience and that this has been a, a huge part of my journey of the healing the last three years and 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 the last 11 years i'd say um because there's times I often don't feel understood by others. And there's a lot of times that I do, but certain, um, yeah, just because, um, yeah, just because it's not understood by others that haven't necessarily had the same experience, it doesn't mean that this experience is not understandable. Thank you for sharing that because I think, um, you're also speaking very clearly to the wound of not being heard and seen and understood as a child, which lives on in us yeah. when our caregivers don't necessarily see us the way we need to be seen or hear us the way we need to be heard. Um, so then we associate that later in life with um, maybe I'm not good enough to be heard seen and understood but what i'm hearing you say is that uh no you are we are good enough and then to me the second piece of that um 
which leads us to healing is first recognizing that we have that need to be understood. Mm -hmm. um, and not everyone is capable of satisfying that need, yeah. but we can still choose and find ways of getting that satisfied, whether it's working with a healer that we trust or finding a trusted friend that we know will not judge us and just listen to us and hold space. So there are ways to satisfy that need, um, but not get ourselves down into the well when we feel yeah. yet, you know, not validated by yet another person. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So yeah. how about healers? What would you say to healers? Um, <laughs> Who are sort of the, um, like you getting on to this journey who are not only um, learning and practicing their craft, but also learning it about themselves as they step into the business side of it. Um, what advice do you have for healers? Yeah. Why? Um, uh, well, uh, they're needed, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> you. <laughs> um, um, you know, what I've found in my own experience is that, you know, there's always more methods to learn or, pre or like techniques and all that. And, but the truth is, is that it, it's when, when you sit with someone and can hear them and, and ha have their experience be, be understood or at least you know um, received um, that's that's um, I, I, yeah it's just that that, that sort of connection and just understanding and um, support of that, like hey yeah this this world is tough sometimes it's really this world's crazy <laughs> um, and um, so yeah, the, the, I I feel like it's it's um, it's it's just about that under it's about deep understanding and willing to understand an experience that maybe you haven't had you know and um, to be open minded um, about those and um, yeah I guess I mean I I, <laughs> I don't know what else to offer i mean the other thing i guess that offer as as because the work i do is is that words are powerful and you know it's not because they're powerful in their own way you know it's because we've made them powerful and um so we're surrounded by such negative airwaves all the time whether it's our own mind echoing things we've heard on the news and the rest or if it's just echoing the not good enough stories and, and whatever, but the, um, you know, I, I do group uh, hypnosis journeys with people and it, it, I, I think about it, you know, people often don't sit for 40 minutes and listen to positive, uh, relaxing language. <laughs> I'm not sure when, when we do listen to 45 minutes of positive, relaxing language. Um, certainly not on TV and um, I don't know where that, that exists anymore, but words are really powerful. And I think the more that we um, uh, communicate in a positive and 
gentle and understanding way, I think that that is tremendously powerful. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How can people find out more about you and your work? Tell us about that. Yeah, I have a website uh, called innercenter.org. And that's sort of, I'm not on social media or any any of that, not yet. Um, I'm not sure if I will. (laughs) Maybe I should. Uh, but my website is the the sort of central place to to find my work. Uh, I do Skype sessions and I I do group uh, hypnosis journeys, um, and one on ones. Um, so yeah, that's where. Yeah, and you're generously offering a one free two hour past life regression session, which will include a basic astrological reading. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna ask. Um, as we share this conversation, we will ask the listeners to share it with others and then just comment that you shared. You can just say, I shared, <laughs> whether it's mentioning it verbally to someone you love or whether it's, it's sharing it on social media. We'll trust your word. And then um, Rob is going to work with one of you one-on-one. Um, thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, this has been very, very um, a rich conversation. I look forward to going into it again and picking up the pieces, but it's been a wonderful, wonderful um, experience to talk with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dama. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And I want to say to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for showing up. And if this conversation, again, um, touched you in any way, please do share it. And at the bottom, I'm also going to include another resource which you can uh, download by going to adropofom.com, A-D-R-O-P-O-F-O-M, where uh, I share a list of questions that will help you determine your energetic wounds. What are those wounds that come up between you and living a full, joyful life? So you can go to my website and download that, and there will be a link about that. Thank you so much. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dama. Yeah. Good to see you. Yeah.